You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. K-State is getting set to play their eighth game of the season against Oklahoma State. Before we talk about that game, we got Rewind it a week to Saturday. Talk about the game against TCU. That game was fascinating. Yeah, um, the first half was great. Um, the Cats came out to play. A lot of injuries, a lot of um, unsuspected, I wouldn't say heroes, but guys that made plays. And then all of a sudden, you know, it kind of went downhill with the injuries. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we got a lot on the docket today on the Friday walkthrough. But before we go any further, we got to let you know that we are sponsored by our friends at the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by the Club Special. The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're getting in, checking out those drinks, and make sure you're clicking subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as subscribing to the website at GoPowerCat.com. So let's get into that game against TC. You mentioned some unsung heroes, and we'll talk about that. But I want to start with this. I want to know what your reaction was when Adrian Martinez comes in for a drive. He gets the 20-yard run. K-State looks like they're going to get rolling. They stall out, have to punt. TCU goes down, scores a touchdown, and on comes Will Howard. A lot of questions. You know, um, that first series wasn't bad. Like you said, the stall, first play, he runs like 20 yards or close to 20 yards. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, the RPO is going to be on tonight. Deuce is going to have a day kind of like you talked about the week before. Martinez is back looking good. It's going to be a good game in the hostile environment. Um, Top 25 matchup. And then uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> it happens. And, and I'm asking myself, like, look on, I'm watching the game from, from home. So I'm looking for Martinez on the sideline, like, what happened? Trying to replay the plays before. Mm-hmm. He didn't take a big hit. So my mind is like, what's going on? Is it something minor? Is it equipment or what? But Will Howard comes in. It was it was fascinating because I think uh, Will Howard has taken a lot of heat from K-State fans these past few years. But I think what people fail to realize is that when he came in in 2020, yep. he was not here during the summer because they could have no football contact during the summer. That was the, the summer of COVID. And COVID. so he, he came in as a true freshman, had basically four weeks to prepare for a Division One football program, <laughs> is thrown into the fire, and wins his first game starting on the road at TCU. Yes. Did he have some things that he probably wishes he could take back? Sure, there were plays that he, he, he'll he tell you, you know, that was a growing experience, and it was. And then last year, obviously, Skyler gets hurt. Yep. And people forget, Will Howard comes in against Nevada, wins them that game. Mm-hmm. K-State was an underdog last year against Nevada. They go down to Oklahoma State. He gets hurt in the first half, is not even able to finish it. And then here comes Skylar Thompson back in. Will Howard sits. They bring in Adrian Martinez. He's kind of the forgotten guy. But I think he showed on Saturday that he is able to win you a game. This is not the same Will Howard from 2020. This version of Will Howard is confident. 
This version of Will Howard can throw the ball down the field and can execute things that Colin Klein wants. That was my biggest takeaway of that first half. Regardless of the outcome of the game, mm-hmm. Will Howard is a much improved player. No, you're absolutely correct. And, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit and, and talk about Will. And it's one of those things where I, I'm, I will say I was one of those fans who was not happy with him in the past and frustrated with him. And I get it. It's, I'm a passionate guy. I want to see the Cats win. But let's talk about Will as a person. How many guys – do you know over a two or three year span who has been a backup quarterback and continue to get passed over or beaten out for a position would stick with a program, and then bring in another star quarterback and Rubley out of high school, how many guys you know will stick it out, continue to be loyal to his team, do what's asked of him, and know when his time comes, he's ready? Not many guys. I guarantee most quarterbacks would have transferred, especially with the transfer portal now. Mm-hmm. They would have transferred two years ago. It's open season. Absolutely, but not Will Howard. He's true to his commitment. He's a K-State Wildcat. He bleeds purple, and the guy stuck it out. And then, unfortunately, Martinez had an injury, but he came in ready to play and was slinging it. It, it makes you really uh, feel for Will. Yeah. I mean, you're rooting for him. Yeah, how man. can you not? If yeah, you're a K-State absolutely. fan, how could you not root for a kid like that? He embodies what it means to be a K-State student, a K-State athlete, and Absolutely. a K-State alumni, I, I think Will is perfect um, as, as, right here in Manhattan. I think K-State fans should really um, enjoy any time he gets to take the field. And, and he might take the field on Saturday. We'll talk about that in the second half. But, um, yeah, the offense looked different yeah. in the first half. I mean, how many of those play-action passes and RPOs did we see that we've been sitting here on this couch talking about for weeks? When are they going to start doing this? Right. Well, they finally did. And they attacked the ball down the field. It was almost kind of like Colin Klein said, all right, you know what? This is a completely – got to scrap the game plan, yep. and we're just going to – I'm just going to feel it out. And, I mean, I thought the offense for four drives, four touchdowns, and against the TCU defense that admittedly probably is not the best defense they've played this year. No. But they took advantage of it, yeah. and and it was it was it was great to see. Yeah, and and one thing, unfortunately, with the injury to Martinez, but the, the fortunate thing for us was um, TCU didn't have a chance to prep for Will Howard. Will Howard was a mobile, he's a mobile guy, and and the staff now at TCU didn't see him two or three years ago because it's a totally different staff. Mm-hmm. And he's mobile, and he can throw the ball. They know he's a good quarterback, uh, not a starter, but he's a good quarterback. And I think, like you said, Collins probably scrapped the plan and said, you know what, we have nothing to lose. Let's throw caution into the wind and play ball. Because when we asked him on Thursday at the press conference, do you change the playbook at all when Will comes in compared to Adrian? And and he kind of danced around the question. It was like, oh, you know, it just kind of depends. Basically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, through, you read through coach speak, yeah, the answer right. is yes. Right. They do some things differently because they have to. I mean, Will Howard is not the speed threat that Adrian Martinez no. is. Now, no. is he able to put his foot in the ground, maybe get an extra two or three yards when Adrian would maybe just kind of run out of bounds and try to avoid that hit? Yeah, but he can because he's two inches taller and – 30 pounds heavier. He's a thick kid. He is a big kid. Yes, he is. So, yeah, I thought I thought Will did a great job. I also thought the receiver stepped up. Yeah. You mentioned did. Cade Warner. That was one heck of a catch. Man, you know, when that happened, I saw it and initially the ball was a little bit on the throne, but great and we talked about it the week before and uh, when we graded the receivers and I think we both graded them as C's at the time mm-hmm. and we said they need to step up and make plays and that's the kind of plays we were talking about. Cade went and high pointed the ball, basically took it from the DB and showed everybody why he's a starter for K-State in the, in the Big 12 and the guy is capable. He made some great catches early in the year but that right there was a tone setter and it got the whole crowd's attention. People were like, wait a minute, what's happening? So yeah, 
It was it was great to see, and I also thought Deuce Vaughn still obviously trying to come back from injury. Yeah, he had to go to the locker room. He comes back in, he finishes twelve carries for eighty three yards, along a forty seven, which was his touchdown. K State has not run a lot of inside zone recently. That's yeah. the one thing I've noticed, yeah, and right. I think it's to try and avoid those hits on Deuce. Yeah, those yeah. unnecessary hits. They're fine with sending him out to the boundary, and you know what? If you're going to have a safety tackle you, it feels a lot different than <laughs> a 300-pound defensive lineman tackling you. Yeah, and so I, I think that we might see some more inside zone this week coming up here against Oklahoma State again. We'll talk more about that, but we didn't really see it. No, but when we did see it. It went 47 yards for a touchdown. Is there, and is there. Our O-line, we talked about them all year. They have the capability to move anybody. And the Big 12 has some good defenses. A lot of time, people don't give us credit because our offenses uh, are capable of scoring tons of points. So that makes defense looks bad. Looks bad, excuse me. But K-State has the ability. And, and like I, what you said, I think we will, we will run more zone, but we're getting a, a running back. He's a bigger body. He made some good plays. And a lot of times, when Deuce get hurt, he comes in and – there's not a lot of panic because the kid didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. And he does his job, and he does it well. So he's turning into a solid number two running back that probably could start for a lot of other Big 12 schools if needed. Yeah, D- DJ Giddens came in, and, and really, he had a fumble scare. I know he fumbled it yeah. in case they got it back. But, I mean, there was a catch he made that I think yeah. everybody was just, oh, wow, wow. That, is a, that is a big-time <laughs> catch. So as good as the offense looked in the first half, I think it's fair to say they just couldn't get into a rhythm in the second half. No. A lot of that had to do with Will Howard getting hurt. And I've, I'll maintain this. I'll say this. I've said it before. I think if Will Howard does not get hurt, K-State wins that game. Oh, absolutely. They had to bring in Jake Rubley, and he just was not ready. No, Jake wasn't ready. And, you cut, and, and I guarantee when they traveled down to Fort Worth, and, and there's an old saying, you know, you're one play away from playing. And But when you're a third-string quarterback, you don't, you don't think that. I'm sorry. You, you say you do, but yeah. you don't. And uh, I'm not saying that Jake didn't prepare, but mentally I guarantee he wasn't ready to go in at that point of the game. Maybe mop-up duty if we're up by 20 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you're fine. We're going to keep it simple. Hand off left, hand off right. Now you're going in, and we're asking you to make plays on right away to keep us in the game, and he wasn't ready. And and it's it's obvious that you know he's a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. You give him some time. I don't think this is going to define Jake Rudley's no. career at K State or anywhere for that matter. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't ready, and K State stalled out offensively, which TCU started to pick it up. And as we transition to the defense, the injuries were a big story on the defensive side. You lose Daniel Green in the second quarter. Yeah. To me, the play of the game on defense is there's there's a screen pass. It's third and 17. Mm-hmm. K-State has like four or five guys there to make a tackle. No one can make a tackle. They end up getting the first down, go and score a touchdown. That, to me, was the biggest play of the game. Absolutely. That, that set the tone. Basically, momentum shifted. At that point, TCU had the momentum. K-State up until that point was in control and and right then you can just tell body language had changed the injuries were mounting up the crowd was into it tcu had the momentum and it's tough and football is a game of momentum but you're right that was definitely the game changer and at that point we kind of fell behind uh, mentally and we couldn't catch up and make up that stagger what's interesting to me though is with all the guys that came out there was that one point where k-state had either uh, they had five either former walk-ons or mm-hmm. first-year players yep. on the field in the fourth quarter of a one-score game yes. against a top-ten team on the road. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you're playing. 
if that were the case against South Dakota, South Dakota probably would have drove down gonna, the field and scored a touchdown. You're going to struggle. You're, you're going to struggle. But I'm an optimist. You know that. Mm-hmm. The bright side is we have quality depth. And the thing about it is, though, although we don't want our guys to get reps in that situation, they're learning on the go and understanding, okay, this is the tempo of the game. This is what needs to happen. So in the future, we got a lot of football left. Those guys who normally wouldn't get reps in a game like that did, and hopefully they understand now what they need to do to prepare. But like you said, anybody I think in the Big 12 would have probably drove against us, especially on the road, and scored. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold a lot against those guys because they're twos for a reason, you know. And nothing is walk-ons because I played with some walk-ons in K-State who were phenomenal players who went on to have great NFL careers. But – they're just quite not ready yet. And so that's one thing we have to understand. But I'm optimistic about the team, and, and I think we'll be okay. And, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll give them this, too. When K-State went for it on fourth down and, and didn't get it and they were backed yeah. up, guess what? K-State came out, and they stuffed TCU, yes, and TCU did. did not get any points. That showed me a lot about that defense. So did when K-State, at the very end of the game, yes. went for it on fourth. Or they threw an interception, and mm-hmm. four, four minutes left in the game, K-State – they didn't let them score. Nope. How many times do we see that where teams just run right up, up the middle? Yep. The team is defeated. They didn't do that. They didn't give up. That is a reflection of the leadership, not only on the defense, but of the coaching staff as well. Um, they're starting to get more healthy. We'll run through a list of injuries in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, it was disappointing in, in general as we kind of wrap up the first half here with some general thoughts. It was disappointing because you feel like they kind of missed an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But there is you, – you have to take sauce in the fact that they were really only two or three plays away from winning that game. We had two or three plays and two of the – two, actually two injuries away from dominating the game, to be honest with you. But you're correct. And like I said, taking away from the loss, we never quit. And, and that's the culture of K-State football. And I'm not going to name any names for other schools, but there are some schools who when, when, when you're winning, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're playing hard. But as soon as you get down, they quit. But that's not K-State culture. Um, it's been years, like 30-plus years, since K-State has had, had a team like that. And I don't think we will ever go back to that type of uh, attitude. But the coaching staff, the players, uh, the former players, the current players, just the environment of K-State football is a no-quit. No matter what situation, there's no quit. There is no quit, and that's only going to help them as they move forward this week against Oklahoma State. Again, I, I, I could not – be more impressed with the way they handled the loss as well. Those guys came into the media room limping. Everybody's limping out. It looks like they just got done with a boxing match, you know. And and they came and talked to the media. And, and Cade Warner, I think, said it best. He's like, there's no quit in this team. Like, no, no. He said, I'm not going to let them quit. No. You know, he's a leader on that team. He's like, I'm not going to let them quit. There's no quit in this team. They'll be back for the game against Oklahoma State. But, again, it does feel like – Maybe this is a turning point. If K-State can find a way to beat Oklahoma State, the loss against TCU can be a positive because, as you mentioned, you did get quality reps for some guys who will have to play. Yes. Even if it's just a snap or two, they'll have to play at the end of the year. And you're right. And one thing I took away, and I was was a little surprised, um, and and, and it shouldn't matter, but it does, um, after we lost, we still are ranked in the top 25. And and that just goes to show that – the national media, other coaches, people who have some knowledge of the game. And a lot of times people vote on top 25 and never watch a game. Mm-hmm. they based off of the name of a team or what they've done in the past. But I think a lot of people, not just a K-State fan, understand that K-State probably should have won that game against an undefeated top 10 team and for work at nighttime. So that says a lot about how other people feel about that team. And I think our kids understand that too as well, moving forward, knowing what they have. And like you said, we can go in the Oklahoma State game um, at home, thank goodness. And if we can get a win 
And that I think an Oklahoma State win will be more of a quality win than it would have been over TCU, mm-hmm. honestly. But we'll see. It'll be it'll be fun. We'll talk about that and much more in the second half here on the Friday Walk. They're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. And we will see you after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by the Club Special. The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on the YouTube channel as well. Let's talk about this game against Oklahoma State. Before we get into the nuts and bolts and the X's and O's as we so love to do here on the Friday Walkthrough, we got to run through the injuries because that is honestly the biggest story of this game. If you've been following Kansas State football at all the past seven days, you know. This is a big deal. It is. It completely changes the game. And we had a chance to talk uh, with Colin Klein and Joe Klanerman today, as or on Thursday, as well as Chris Kleiman on Tuesday. Not much of an injury update, but we did find out that some of the guys who came out are likely to play. One of those guys is Ben Sennett, the tight end who hurt his elbow. Colin Klein said he is probable. Julius Brents and Josh Hayes in the secondary both will play. We yeah. found that out. That is very good news for the secondary. Adrian Martinez, of course, everybody wants to know. And, of course, nobody will know because he is day-to-day. Right. A million gamesmanships being played between Mike Gundy and Chris Kleiman there. Same thing with Daniel Green, a game-time decision. So we'll see on those two. But everybody else, it sounds like, is going to play that it's great news for K-State. It is. And like you said, who knows who really will play come Saturday. But the fact that Oklahoma State has to prepare for the potential of having an Adrian Martinez, um, the potential of having a Daniel Green on the other side of the ball, that makes your game plan a little different. Because if they know these guys are out, they plan to target those areas where those players would be normally. But hopefully, you know, if all is well, we get those guys to play. But if not, I trust our backups to be ready, and they come with a game plan. Now, for me personally, knowing that Brent's will be back, ready to play, and Hayes as well, that's huge because they are two leaders in that secondary, and they're physical players, and they can set the tempo and dictate the way a ball, a ball game goes. So hopefully they're healthy enough to be uh, at full strength or close to it and, and dictate the game like they normally do. Those are two seniors in the back end mm-hmm. that are – Probably your best secondary players. Yeah. I mean, that is huge. You know, people are going to be if, – if Daniel Green doesn't end up playing, that is a big loss for Kansas State. Don't get me wrong. But you having those two guys makes that blow a little bit less. And and we'll kind of talk about some of that here as we kind of talk about the game plan. But on the Oklahoma State side, the injuries are just as big of a deal. <laughs> they are. They they, are. There is 12 – let me get, make sure I got this right. 12 starters who are at some point out of the game mm-hmm. – who didn't play against Texas or came out of the game. So combined, 12 players against Oklahoma State or against Texas were missing for Oklahoma State. A lot of those guys 
will probably roll into this week. Another one of those uh, guys is Jason Taylor the second. He made a big time. He had two interceptions mm-hmm. against Texas. Obviously the son of the former NFL Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's a Hall I'm of Famer I'm not sure if he's Hall of Famer or not. But, yeah. Defensive end Jason Taylor. So yeah. um, he's a good player. He's their heart and, soul, heart and soul on defense. If he can't go, that's a big loss for them. Most of their guys are out on the defensive side. Yes. So K-State has most of their guys out on the defensive side as well. So all signs point to this being a high-scoring affair, which just means it's going to be like 20 to 17. Exactly. And and one thing with Oklahoma State's injuries, the good thing for us, we're not traveling. And for them, you know, you have so much time to get treatment. And like if, for us, for who guys are maybe on the bubble and not for sure is going to play, that give us an extra day to get treatment, you're home in your own bed, you're not traveling. For Oklahoma State, it's not the case. There's one less day you have to prepare, and a decision pretty much has to be made the day before you leave to come travel at that point. And like you said for us, there are players on defense side of the ball are hurting. We're at home. Our crowd, every time Oklahoma State plays, and, and, and with Coach Gandhi last, was it last year or two years two ago? Years ago. <laughs> with the band, complaining about the band yeah. playing. I, you know our, our student section is aware of it. And it's yeah. homecoming for us. Excuse me. It's homecoming for us. They're aware of it. And I can guarantee word of it has gotten out, and our student section will be ready to make even more noise come Saturday. So I think that'll play a big role for us. There will be a few of the band, the yeah. band chants going on. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, t- talking with some Oklahoma State people as well, Spencer Sanders, their quarterback, obviously fifth-year yeah. quarterback. He's been there. This is his fourth year starting. Playing at 70% or so is what I've been told. So, you know, he's one of those guys where obviously he makes a big difference. And Joe Klanerman talked about it. He said he is a game changer. When he is able to play, he is very, very good. He threw the ball over 50 times against Texas, and he has a hurt shoulder. So we'll see how that transpires. Again, he'll play. Yeah. No, He's going to play. But how healthy and how effective he is will be something to monitor, especially you mentioned on the road. Um it just feels like this is a game that is set up for a dramatic ending. And and with how many players that are out on each side, it's going to be somebody who steps up who nobody's going to be able to predict. Yeah, and a lot of times that happens. You know, last week for us, it was Will Howard and um, and Kate Warner, although Kate was a known name, but he hadn't had a standout game. And obviously Will coming in for Martinez was huge. But you're right. I'm not sure. And if, you had to, if I had to figure out who that guy would be, I have no idea. Uh, and I've said it the last couple of weeks, we need special teams play. We've been close a couple of times of breaking kickoffs, one player away from breaking a big one. And I feel like, K-State has a history of breaking long kickoff returns against Okie State. So hopefully, come Saturday, this is the day. And you mentioned special teams. Before we go any further, we've got to talk about the kicking game as well. That's a story right now. And Chris Kleiman talked about it on Tuesday. Chris Tennant obviously missed two field goals against TCU. They said there's going to be a little competition this week at who's going to be kicker. Is it going to be Tennant? Or is it going to be the punter, Ty Zinner, who did some kicking against LSU? Yeah. There's two freshmen, uh, two, two true freshmen, one from Minnesota, the other from Manhattan, uh, Manhattan High, who mm-hmm. might get the opportunity to kick. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know that competition is always good for a position like kicker. It is. It's healthy, and it's a mind game, for especially for kickers. You know, hopefully whoever end up being, they are ready uh, for Saturday and can make the, the extra points and make the field goals and make the kicks that need to be made to get the win. But, you know, I never wish, and some people were bad-mouthing a kicker, and I get it, it's an emotional game. I never wish any 
ill will towards a player, but competition is good. And as long as it's a healthy competition, I'm all for it. And if it makes him a better player, so be it. But whoever is the best guy for us come Saturday, let, let him play. It'll be fascinating to see what Chris Kleiman decides to do with that because that is an important position and it's something that needs to be addressed. Another thing that needs to be addressed is the linebacker spot. And this is what I want to ask you about because it's fascinating to me. It's interesting. All these other adjectives that I feel like I always talk about on the defensive side of the ball, right. they all apply because if Daniel Green cannot play – the defensive strategy looks completely different, especially that now that you get Josh Hayes and Julius Brents back, mm-hmm. I'm almost wondering if we're going to see a ton of nickel on Saturday because Oklahoma State likes to spread it out. They only Their leading rusher on Saturday uh, only had 64 yards. Mm-hmm. So they're not, a team that likes, they're not a team that runs the ball super effectively normally. Mm-hmm. They throw the ball. That is their MO. They're third in scoring offense in the country. They like to get up and down. They like to throw the ball. They like to score a lot of points. A lot of that comes through the air. Well, we see a more nickel if Daniel Green is not able to go on Saturday. I think you will, regardless. If he could, I think you'll see nickel regardless if he's healthy or not. And also, a lot of times, Desmond um, Purnell, who plays safety in high school, mm-hmm. and when he got to K-State, he packed on a lot of muscle weight, and they moved him a linebacker. But the kids, he still can move uh, good for his size. So he might be an option as well coming in at, at the linebacker spot and playing like a hybrid safety slash linebacker. But, yeah, I think we will see a lot more nickel. And Sanders, you know, he's a great quarterback. He's a great athlete. Sometimes he makes throws that that wow you, and then there are other throws he should make, but he doesn't. But his legs are his strength. And like you said, he's about 70%, and I know his, his shoulder's hurting, but his legs are fine. And he scares me whenever he breaks the pocket and starts to scramble. That's when he ma- he creates and makes things happen. So we need people who can run sideline to sideline, keep him in front of him, and, and contain him. But, yeah, I think nickel will be very key, especially on third down uh, against Oklahoma State. And the thing about Spencer Sanders against Texas was they really struggled in the second half. That was a high-scoring affair in the first half. Right. I think Oklahoma State and Texas combined scored like 10 points in the third quarter, something yeah. ridiculous like that, after you know combining for over 60 yeah. in the first half. But most of the times they converted were Spencer Sanders using his legs and running on third down on a just, a, okay, nobody's open, so I'm going to take off and run, and you right. get the first down. If you're Joe Klanderman and you don't have Daniel Green, that limits what you can do defensively, but I almost wonder if they'll have Austin Moore take that role of Daniel Green in the past playing, you know, spying the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that'll that job will now fall upon Austin Moore. I don't see why it wouldn't. He has he's shown that he can do it. Um, I'm not def, I'm not definitely they're two different players. Obviously, just different skill set. But for that assignment, Moore can definitely um, more than hold his own. And like you see, I call him you know the machine more than machine. Mm-hmm. But he he can do it, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in that role. It'll be interesting because he he's fast. Like yeah. people don't realize, but he is fast. <laughs> yeah, he's he moves, quick. Yeah. I think he's faster than Daniel Green. I'm not sure, but he it'll be close. He'd yeah, be, I, be a close he race. may be. Who knows? But the kid he makes plays, and he has yet to show me that he can't compete at a high level against anybody he go, he's win against. So I wouldn't question him. And so if once again, if Daniel Green is not able to play, it it changes what K State does. If he is able to suit up and play. It's game on for yeah. K-State because to me, he's a leader. Yeah. as we transition more towards the offensive side, he is almost more important than Adrian Martinez. And this is where we talk about the offense and everybody loves to talk about the quarterback situation. But if Will Howard can play how he played in the first half, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about this offense moving the ball if Adrian Martinez doesn't play. No. And here's the thing about it. The good thing for Will, that first half he had prior to him getting injured, he showed K-State Nation that he can be a productive quarterback with the offensive skills uh, that he has and the players that he has around him. And I 
wholeheartedly expect the student section, the fans on homecoming weekend to embrace him. If he comes out and when they announce starting a quarterback, Will Howard, I expect the crowd to go nuts. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, I'll be disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know, support this young man. He showed that he can do it. And I think that should motivate him and, and the rest of the team to go out and move the ball. But I have confidence in him. He proved to me that he can do it last week. He can do it. And, and the fact that everybody else around him is healthy, Yes, that that's good for him because – he he's able to basically he's been with every single person on this team for three years <laughs> yeah. now. You know this is this is not a hard transition right for him. So I'll be interested to see how Colin Klein decides to call the game. If it is Will Howard, are we going to see more downfield throws because Oklahoma State gives up a lot of big plays when mm-hmm. it comes to that kind of stuff, or are we going to see Deuce Vaughn, who maybe is now starting to get more towards healthier? Are we going to see some more inside and outside zone like we talked about? I know this. I know Oklahoma State was absolutely gashed on inside zone from Bijan Robinson in Texas in the first half of that game on Saturday. If you're looking for a blueprint, yes, that might be how you do it. They are the worst team in the Big Twelve at defending the run. K State is the best team at running the football in yeah. the Big Twelve. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. You definitely run the ball because for us, we get we we get the game going as far as offense. Run first, then pass. Some teams are different, um, but us, we are definitely a run first team. On the flip side, too, Oklahoma State is so aggressive on the back end. They love to blitz guys. They love to – whenever you run jet motion or anything, they like to spin down to it and to be balanced. And that can create mismatches on the backside. So if they're being over-aggressive, play action over the top, you get a one-on-one, you get a standing on the linebacker, you get a Cade on the smaller receiver – smaller DB, excuse me. It's, it has an advantage. But, yes – I would not. I would be shocked if we don't run a lot of inside zone come Saturday against them because Texas did it. Now I'm not comparing Deuce to B. John because mm-hmm. B. John's a big boy. He runs hard, runs fast. But Deuce has his specialties, and and B. John has his, and they both are very capable. But I would be shocked if we don't see it. And one thing that I think is worth noting. Will Howard has now played against Oklahoma State two years in a row. Mm-hmm. So there is some good and there's some bad in this. And and I'm going to – I'll say the good here because I think that the good outweighs the bad. There is going to be coaches on that Oklahoma State staff. Now, granted, it's a new defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's in his first season. But for the majority, these guys know how to defend Will Howard. At they least they him. think they, they do. They have him, yeah. So I'll say this. There is going to be a ton of one, one-on-one matchups on the outside because they do not think that Will Howard will be able to beat them. If Will Howard is the guy, I guarantee you they will not respect Will Howard enough to think that he is able to beat them one-on-one. And what I saw against TCU, those receivers and that quarterback can win one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. And if they do give Will Howard one-on-one with zero coverage, watch out because K-State's going to have a ton of big plays. I'm, I'm with you, and I, I am confident in Will. And he's going to make mistakes. People don't don't think he's going to go out there and just be world beaters. Because he won't be. You know, he's still young. He hadn't played a full season as a starting quarterback. And and things change. And there's different competition, different level of speed, uh, different new offense coordinator. I know he knows, he's known Colin a while. Colin's been around for a while, but not in the offense coordinator role. So there are some things he's going to have to adjust to. But I, I'm confident in him. I mean, honestly, if, if, if Adrian's not 100%, I would start Will mm-hmm. and, and have Adrian available if needed and give Will a chance to go win the game and get Adrian healthy because we got a lot of football left. But if, it is, if that's not the case, okay, stay ready. And I think if he's called upon, he will be able to produce. It, it, it's going to be a great game on Saturday. And I want to leave you with this stat before we get to predictions because this just tells you everything you need to know about Oklahoma State's defense. They're 117th in total defense. Wow. But they are third in the Big 12 with third down defense. Yeah. 
So what does that say? It says they give up a lot of big plays, but they get off the field when they need to. Yeah. Those are two conflicting things. And to me, that just says the explosive plays will be there. Yeah. And I'm hoping they, they are. And if they aren't, my only concern with that stat is if they're really good on third down and as much as K-State goes for it on fourth down, we're not successful. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but I feel like we're less successful going on fourth down than we are more successful. How does that come into play? And especially at certain times of the game. But on the flip side, we, we do have guys that are capable of making the big plays. So hopefully those big plays are going for touchdowns rather than just long yardage and then getting stalled out on third down. But I like the opportunity that's ahead of us. And I got to correct myself. Third in the nation in third down defense. Wow. Third in, the, third in the conference. Got to correct myself. Gotcha. Got to give them their due. That's still, that's, that's even more impressive. It's more impressive. <laughs> it, it really is. Let's get into our predictions as we wrap up the show here on the Friday walkthrough. Monty, I'll let you go first. Oh, man. You know, there's so many what ifs. Uh, with injuries, well, who who going to play? Um, I'm I'm going to give Cast the win, and the reason I'm giving them the win is because we came off a game on the road against a quality team that we should have won, and, and Oklahoma State's coming in town, uh, ranked higher than us, and but it's a home game for us, homecoming, and I feel like our guys know their backs against the wall, and I think our guys understand if we win this game, it sets us up still to put potentially make a run at the Big 12 championship game. So this is a huge game for us. We understand what's at hand. So I'm going to go K-State 34, Okie State 28. Ooh, you were very close to my prediction too. I'm actually going to pick K-State to win. And we'll say this. There's not a lot of people that are picking K-State to win this game. Of course not. This is not, it's not how it is. K-State is favored for whatever that's worth. Right. But there's not a lot of people that are picking K-State to win this game. I'm going to pick K-State to win this game. I'm going to pick them to win 34 to 31. I'm going to say it's a game-winning field goal. It is the Chris Tennant redemption. I'll take it. He makes a field goal with zero seconds left on the clock. The students rush the field, and it is a happy homecoming in Halloween Eve in Manhattan, Kansas. A win's a win. A win is a win. We'll see if either one of our predictions are right. Make sure if you're not going to the game, you're watching the game. It is a 2.30 kick on Fox. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning into the Friday Walkthrough. Make sure you hit and subscribe on YouTube, and we will talk to you next Friday. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.